Hello and welcome to the third episode of the BrainCube podcast, An Incomplete History of Nuclear Bombs. Now, I know that that title doesn't exactly sound appeasing, but I don't know, this topic has come up a lot in my past. I've done at least three projects on nuclear fallout or energy um, in school, and... Yeah, uh, in school we had this thing called Genius Hour, or back in third grade anyway. I think it kind of stopped after that. But uh, at the end of every Wednesday, uh, we would take like half an hour to research a topic and put together a presentation, which is my favorite part because, I don't know, I was super, super addicted to Keynote back then. (laughs) Um, Oh my gosh, yeah. I really, really was. I would make so many things on Keynote. Uh, I tried writing a story on Keynote once before I knew what Google Docs was. It, uh, it crashed and burned. Let me just, let me just say that. Um, so in this, in this particular episode, I'm going to be discussing, uh, how an atomic bomb works and, or nuclear bomb. They're practically the same thing um and i'm also just gonna go over some of the history of it really some key moments that it started popping up in history so uh Really, the atomic bomb and the nuclear bomb, I'm probably going to refer to both of these. Um, They're basically the same thing. But uh, the production of the nuclear bomb started during World War II uh, in something called the Manhattan Project. So this the Manhattan Project was headed by Robert Oppenheimer, and it began in 1939, and it was very small when it started off, but it grew to have over 130,000 participants, which is pretty large if you know how to count. <laughs> uh, and this project cost the U.S. nearly $2 billion then, and that's equal to around $23 billion in modern times, so twenty. 20, 2019, 23, 24 billion dollars to make a bomb. And that's super, super expensive. And again, if you know how to count, <laughs> I imagine you do. Um, no, I was looking at my stats the other day, and it looks like most of you are in the counting age. Or the When I say most of you, I mean the viewers, or the, the listeners. You're in the age where you can count, so kudos to you. You can count. I wish I could. (laughs) I can count. Don't worry. Um, And so among all these members, Einstein was actually in there. (laughs) Um, I don't want to go into a ton of people who were in there in the Manhattan Project because there are a ton, remember, 130,000 people to make a bomb. And yeah, actually, Einstein was in there, which brings me to my next point. Uh, so on the periodic table, I don't know if you could hear that. I was 
doing something with the post-it. Uh, so on the periodic table, a lot there are actually a decent amount of man-made elements, and I don't know. There a lot of them are actually pretty toxic, to be honest. Um, but lots of man-made or otherwise elements on the periodic table on that little unconnected, uh, the little unconnected section. I have no idea what it's called. I'm, I I don't study the periodic table for fun. It's just not my thing. But, I don't know. If you want to look up, like, a picture of the periodic table, at the bottom, there's this little unconnected section. It has two rows on it. And so lots of man-made or otherwise elements that are right there, or some of them are dotted around the periodic table, actually. But a lot of elements are actually radioactive. Uh, so, so, so some of them are uranium, American, American, Americium, American, I think it's Americanium, and I just spelt that wrong, I don't, I don't really know, I wrote this script a long time ago, um, that, so, some more are Neptunium, Promethium, Californium, Berkelium, Einsteinium, and most commonly known is Plutonium, uh, you know, Back to the Future. If you go back to Back to the Future, that movie, uh, Doc uses plutonium to uh, power the DeLorean besides electric. This baby's electric, but it needs a little extra kick, or whatever he said. And plutonium has actually been dubbed the most dangerous element on the periodic table. So if you happen to know anyone who likes to play with plutonium maybe you know dress up in a nice little hazmat suit every time they call you over um at least it wouldn't be as inconspicuous if you were to go to like a costume party then you could just say oh hey i'm from chernobyl <laughs> that's it oh, that was kind of a rude joke uh <laughs> to people who live in chernobyl anyway not many do um Really quick, actually, I, I'd like to I'd like to talk about Chernobyl. Um, so Chernobyl, there was a big uh, nuclear power plant that had a meltdown, and it spread it spread one of the biggest, baddest radioactive clouds into the atmosphere that traveled a long way over Russia. I don't know the specifics, but I know it was large. I did a project on Chernobyl once, and yeah, but basically the entire city was evacuated, um, and then, so actually in recent times, or I heard about this a few years ago, actually, um, some people who evacuated Chernobyl back then, who are old now, have started moving back because they want it, because they miss their hometown, and they're old anyway, and, and they're elderly, so they're thinking, ah, I probably don't have many years left on my calendar, might as well just go back to where I lived, and, you know, you're either going to die of age or radiation, so whichever comes first, I guess. There's probably not a large gap in there. Um, but yeah, and actually, really quickly, if you were wondering, uh, it turns out that, uh, oh, dang it. <laughs>
I said the completely wrong thing. No, um, if you were wondering when I said, uh, when I was talking about Einstein briefly, and I said that brings me to my next point, uh, Einsteinium was one of the highly radioactive elements on the periodic table that, uh, actually uh, is radioactive. I already said that. <laughs> No, actually, I looked it up, and Einsteinium is not very useful. Um, it's used to make elements heavier to create new elements, but because it's so radioactive, there's it's, it's just very dangerous to use. So, yeah, steer clear of Einsteinium as well. Um, I don't know why someone decided to name an element after Einstein. He didn't study elements, he studied physics. And granted, he was a god of science, but he didn't, he didn't really have anything to do with elements, so I don't really know why anyone would do that. It's, it's weird. But anyway, yeah, I'd like to do a quick plug. Um, actually, no, I'll save the plug for later. So, the, uh, right. So, when a nuclear bomb explodes, it just releases a huge melting pot of uh, radioactive particles. Um, there's, like, alpha particles, gamma rays, beta particles, and a lot of them, and some of them are a lot more harmful than others. Um, if you want to hear more in-depth about this, uh, go over to... Uh, how stuff works. I listen to it on iHeartRadio. This isn't a sponsor, by the way. I just really like this podcast called How Stuff Works. I mentioned it in my first episode as well. Um, they have, they have an episode. I forget if it's on. I think, I think it's like nuclear. Uh, I think it's uh, an episode about nuclear shelters, but. It's it's actually it's a really good episode and I would recommend checking it out if you want to go more in depth into the history of nuclear war or lack thereof but the ever the everlasting threat of it <laughs> but yeah um back to back to the topic um so really uh there different types of um, radioactive particles have different levels of toxicity like alpha particles if you get a few of them in your system it shouldn't be too bad and they're really easy to stop like you can stop the flow of alpha particles with a piece of paper basically um, gamma rays however are a lot more dangerous. Um, if you know the Marvel series, then you would know that uh, Hulk actually became Hulk, or Bruce Banner became Hulk, because of gamma radiation, and it creates some really terrible genetic mutations. Um, I imagine all radioactive particles actually do that, but gamma rays are more effective in that sense. Um, yeah, and they can like shoot through couple feet of solid lead, which is known to really repel radiation and stop it and just block against it. Like, if you were to hide in a lead-lined refrigerator, 
uh, Indiana Jones, that was the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, um, you wouldn't be safe if you if you were in the line of a powerful gamma ray. Uh, watch out for those. They're, they are not good. And here's now here's the plug. I'm going to play with another post-it quickly. Uh, now, here's the plug. Er, so, speaking of melting pots, you can now listen to the Brain Cube podcast on a melting pot of platforms such as Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, and hopefully iHeart. I submitted it. Uh, iHeart Radio, I submitted this podcast uh, to be on there, but I haven't heard back yet, and that was maybe like five days ago, I don't know, it said it could, the, the people there said it could take up to, like, 15 days, or 14 days, um, but I'm patient, I can wait, that was, oh my gosh, I'm just chock full of movie references today, that was a reference from, uh, The Hobbit Desolation of Smog, more commonly known among critics as the desolation of their attention span, I personally like the movie, Go ahead, think what you will of it. This is supposed to be an episode on nuclear bombs, but obviously it's turning into more than that. So I'm just going to continue, and I'm going to try and cut off on the movie references, because I'm turning out to be a real nerd here. Um, so the first atomic bomb was built to uh, bomb Japan again in World War II. And actually, there were two made. There was the fat man and the little boy. Uh, so little boy, the little boy, I'm playing with another post-it. So the little boy was used for the first time on Hiroshima. I don't know. Some people pronounce it Hiroshima, Hiroshima. Um, um, I personally pronounce it Hiroshima, but that's whatever. Again, pronounce it whatever you want. Um, and so the fat man was used on Nagasaki. Uh, again, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but I feel like I am. Um, at least I, I, at least I don't pronou- pronounce it like Nagasaki because I'm pretty sure that that's not what it is. But so the fat man was very big, and the little boy was very small, and that's why they call them fat man and little boy. That uh, just shows the time era that it was. You couldn't name a bomb like something more creative, you know, like I don't know, like Skull Crusher or something like that. I don't know, but Fat Man and Little Boy, it is. I can't change history. Um, so after the nuclear bombing, that actually marked the end of World War Two, um, because actually Germany had uh, Germany and all the other uh, Axis powers had surrendered or been completely obliterated, uh, either or, um, but Japan was gonna fight till the bitter end, and actually, they were kind of, they were really hostile during World War II, um, you know, there was a ton of jungle warfare, it was kind of, it was kind of like an earlier version of the Vietnam War, if you want to think of it that way, uh, yeah, the the Japanese were pretty much going full Viet Cong on us, and, you know, fun fact, actually, I did a little project on this in the first quarter of this year of school, 
and I was supposed to look at both perspectives of, you know, the actions that took place. Like, on one hand, we won the war. On the other hand, we killed millions of uh, innocent civilians. So, yeah. I had to suck on that one for a while. <laughs> Alright, so, moving on. Uh, so yeah, the war ended in 1945, and that marked the end of World War II, and these, and those two bombs were the, are the only two nuclear weapons that have ever been used in warfare. Now, there have been several tests with, uh, ICBMs, and, you know, all kinds of nuclear missiles. I feel like we've kind of moved on from bombs now, we're on to missiles, but... No, the, actually, those were the only two that were ever used in legitimized combat, and who knows, maybe the government's covering something up. I'm not one to spread conspiracy theories. Uh, yeah, but, uh, fun fact, only two ever used, and actually, the fat man, did the fat man come second? Uh, yes, it did, right. It's backtracking on my script a little bit. Um, the Fat Man was the third, actually. It the Fat Man was the third nuclear weapon to ever have been detonated. Um, so, obviously, there was, like, one test before the bombing of Japan. And then they're like, screw it, let's go with this. And I don't know if the fat man and little boy were what they had hoped i guess we'll never know now <laughs> i don't know i could probably find someone who would tell me but i'm too lazy i don't want to go outside all right so moving on um actually the cold war was kind of kind of due to um first of all a lot of political tension between uh soviet uh, the Soviet Union, which was uh, for communism, and uh, the United States, which was for whatever we have. Capitalism? Probably. I don't know. I don't think we're fully socialist. I don't. I don't know. I'm not a... I, like, I watch politics on TV, but I don't always understand it. <laughs> uh... But yeah, the Cold War was partially caused, I feel like, uh, not everyone shares the same opinion of why it was caused, you know, it, it was a very controversial conflict that had a lot of secrets. Um, maybe I should just play Black Ops Cold War and I'd find everything out, but I'm not gonna, I'm not going to anytime soon. But, uh, actually, I feel like the Cold War was partially caused by a nuclear arms race, you know, like, America, we, we Americans kind of found out that Russia and the Soviet Union in general were kind of getting a bunch of, getting a bunch of nuclear missiles, and we were like, nah, we gotta be the best, so now we're gonna get more nuclear missiles, and it's, it was just a continuous back and forth, uh, very politically charged climate, 
And, yeah, I might actually make uh, another episode about the Cold War, but I'm not going to right now, because uh, it was just such a, it, the rabbit hole that I don't want to dive down to, or down through is very, very deep, and that's why I'm not going to go further into it in this episode. I feel like it just kind of deserves an episode of its own. But, yeah, there was lots of fear during the 60s and 70s and 50s and 40s and basically all throughout the Cold War, but there was a lot of fear that um, that the Soviets would uh, launch missiles against us, which that's not good, right? Not good at all. Uh, but yeah, you can like you can totally find a bunch of like old televised propaganda on YouTube about like um about like stay safe, kids, and remember if you see a Russian, shame him and publicly I don't know execute him or something. <laughs> no, that's pretty much that's pretty much what we were doing. We were demonizing the Russians. Which, I mean, personally, Soviet Union wasn't too great. And obviously, they kind of died out of their own accord and split up into their respecting countries like Russia and Ukraine and all that, all that yada yada. Um, but yeah, the, uh, yeah, Soviet Union kind of fell of their own accord because of communism wasn't really working out. I guess that's guess that's their fault though. Um right. Yeah. So that's going to wrap it up for this segment of the discussion and I hope you learned something new. Um yeah. <laughs> Alright, so you heard that cue, it is time for Brain Facts. So, uh, during this Brain Facts, I'm actually going to be kind of focusing on uh, something that I kind of skipped over when I was originally writing my script. It happened basically, or these events occurred basically right after uh, World War II ended, so like 1946, basically. and it went on for a while, but uh, it it ended eventually. Um, I don't remember when, but it, it did end eventually. And I'm of course I'm talking about the bombing of the Bikini Atoll, Atoll, whatever you want to call it. I'm gonna call it Atoll. So the Bikini Atoll is this little tiny I- island that is, or this little tiny atoll, an atoll means like a ring-shaped island or a string of islands and it usually has like a marsh or just some shallows in the middle of it and uh this is the bikini atoll is part of the marshall islands actually um so the bikini atoll was used for nuclear bomb tests starting in 1946 and to date it is i believe it is one of the largest if not the largest uh, peacetime war experience, er, experiments, and peacetime war experiments, 
I'm kind of making up my own terms here, but it, it, it was close. What I read about it was, it was close to what I'm calling it. Um, but yeah, it, the peacetime war experiments are basically testings of weapons, uh, during a period of time that there is not technically any wars between that specific country and another specific country, or two parties, uh, in that country, or it's, it's an, it's kind of an umbrella term, I guess, um, but yeah, uh, I imagine it was a good place, actually, to test, because you could drop a bomb right into the center of a marsh, and the damage would be kind of contained, I don't know, I, I don't think that a lot of people actually live on the Bikini Atoll, and there's a good reason for that, and I'll get to it in a second, um, but yeah, yeah, the U.S. dropped lots of bombs on its marsh, uh, lagoon, marsh, whatever you want to call it. Again, I've said that so many times during this episode. Same thing with, like, eh, I don't know. I'm just kind of shrugging it off. <laughs> uh, but no. Um, uh, yeah, so just like every dangerous project, the government covered it up. But literally this time. And I promise you, I mean, I'm, I'm not, like, anti-U.S., like, God bless America. <laughs> um, I'm, no, I'm, I'm not a deserter. I'm not a deserter. Deserter. I'm fine with their country. Not fine with who's currently in charge of it. DJT out. <clears throat> Alright, I'll just stop myself there before I go on, like, a five-minute rant. Alright, I'm running out of time for this brain fact, so I gotta make it quick. So... Right, government covered it up, literally, so there was a ton, ton, ton of toxic waste, probably a bunch of radioactive elements that were generated from constant bombing. So the government actually constructed a huge, really, really huge spanning, probably like 90, 90% of the island, honestly, or the atoll. Um, but whoever was in charge there made a huge cement dome to cover all the bad stuff up. And, um, you know, I, I, I kind of, like, I felt safe when I heard that. But then I felt a lot less safe because it's cracking. And there's, it's just, it's kind of leaking into... Or whatever whatever is under there is kind of leaking into a bunch of surrounding islands or maybe not a bunch but a select few uh, and there's some terrible terrible health uh, health issues that people get because they live right next to bikini atoll um, so my sincerest apologies to the Marshall Islands, um, Godspeed. <laughs> Alright, that's gonna do it for Brain Facts, we're almost done with this episode. Uh, thanks much for listening, and we're on the home stretch. Uh, 
Alright, uh, this is pretty much the final section of this episode. Uh, this is episode three of the Brain Cube podcast. So, I really do like, uh, this topic. I don't know why, um, to, to some, uh, nuclear war and bombs, therefore, therefore, uh, they, it seems uninteresting or perhaps a bit scary. Uh, honestly, I have no idea what you're thinking. I've been doing this since I was 10 years old, so back off. I got really hostile there. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, it's like, sorry, not sorry, though. Um, it feels, actually, it feels really good to consolidate all of this because I've spanned, like, these topics out over, I don't know, maybe two or three years in total, uh, school years anyway, and no, it just feels really good to kind of just bring it all together into one massive heaping pile of information. I hope your brain, I hope your brain turns to a cube, because that is brain cube. (laughs) I really need to come up with a better slogan. (laughs) Um, no, yeah, again, um, I do feel scared though, because that big dome on Bikini Atoll, little tiny island in the middle of, or part of the, or tiny little atoll. No, not island, atoll. It's just, it's just basically a fancier word for a certain type of island. That's part of the, but anyway, Bikini Atoll is part of the Marshall Islands, and, uh, yeah, the dome that co- that's covering up all of the radioactive uh, toxic waste that has been uh, generated and consolidated from, from a heck ton of bombing, that dome is now cracking. Um, so, in the words of Black Widow, bye-bye bikini. Um, and I'd like to make a quick thanks to my friend Kyle. I don't know if I should say her name on this. I'm going to. Um, thank you, Kyle, because you... Actually, uh, you you found out about the Bikini Atoll before I did. Uh, if you remember, that was in fourth grade. So, thanks. Um, no, it, it's actually some colorful history right there. Um, yeah, so my sincerest thanks to you. And with that, uh, this is now, uh, we're in the endgame now. <laughs> I promised my, I, I said to myself and to, and to the podcast, um, I'm not going to make, I'm going to try and dial it back the movie references, but I can't. It's part of my blood. Uh, I'm not sorry though. I, I'm glad that I have all of this knowledge stored up somewhere anyway. Who knows? In a hundred years, it's going to be the new hieroglyphs. <clears throat> But yeah, so this is the end. Uh, if you want to shoot me an email, uh, as as in like a question or something I missed, or maybe a potential topic, um, or just some feedback, anything really, um, you can email me at capital B in Brain Cube, uh, period capital P in podcast at gmail.com, so that's braincube.podcast at gmail.com. And also, you can leave a audio message 
um, that may get featured in, uh, next, in, uh, I don't know, like, a future episode, um, then you can do so at anchor.fm backslash brain, brain cube. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, yeah, so again, that is anchor.fm backslash brain cube. And yeah, who knows? If if you do, then you might just get uh, some prime time in the next episode. Uh, if not, though, that's fine. If you're just, just casual, casual listener, totally fine. Um, yeah, thanks a lot for listening. Um, uh, this is the first episode that I have scripted. And I actually think it went pretty better. I still have to get comfortable talking in front of a microphone uh, to an audience, and I feel like that's why I've got a lot of ums and but yeah and I don't know and blah blah blah. Um, but once I get once I get better at that, I I think I think the quality of these videos will really improve. But uh, I th- I feel like I stayed on topic a lot more this episode and i'm proud of myself so pat on the back for me and pat on the back for you if you are if you've listened to the end of this uh thanks so much for listening and for tuning in um sorry if this video is a little bit behind schedule anchor servers crashed the other day so i was unable to record and i like to record in bulk but yeah, I'm planning on releasing this video, or this episode, Friday, which is actually today, I'm recording this on Friday, and I'm still a little dopey from my big Thanksgiving meal, so I apologize for that. Um, in the reflection of my computer, I'm looking at the big bags under my eyes. I'm gonna stop this now. <laughs> Thanks so much for watching, you mean the world to me. Um... Alright, I will see you in the next episode, and a little hint, it's going to be a little shorter than usual. It's a new series! Alright, thanks so thanks so much for listening. Have a great day, and this has been episode 3 of the BrainCube Podcast. Uh, and if you want to listen to the BrainCube Podcast elsewhere, there's a bunch of ways you can do it, such as Spotify, Pocket Casts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, um, there's probably one that I forgot there, and hopefully iHeartRadio in the future, so again, thanks so much for listening, and I'll catch you on the flip side.